Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of this ARU podcast, the Out of Hospital Science. Today's episode is titled Moving into Practice After Qualifying. We will try to speak about the challenging parts of qualifying and transitioning into practice, any hints and tips for those qualifying soon, as well as the positives of starting a career as a clinician. With me today, I have Rebecca, a newly qualified nurse. Please go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi everyone, um, my name is Rebecca and I qualified um, from ARU in September, just gone. And I've just started my career in Broomfield a Hospital. Well, thank you very much, Rebecca, for coming on the podcast and uh, speaking to us. I'm just going to start with um, quite a simple question. Uh, What was your experience regarding going from being a final year student nurse to a qualified nurse? What was that like? So transitioning from a student nurse um, in ARU to a qualified um, nurse in A&E, there was a bit of a process. So we had to go for interviews and then once we qualified university, you have to apply for your PIN. Um, You have to obviously pay a lot of money for this as well. Um, And then... Um, you get your uniform and you try on your uniform and it's just so different to anything you've tried on before. Um, then graduation happened and that was very rewarding. Um, after that then um, we started and we had a two-week um, supernumerary stage and my first day when I walked in in that uniform and I had my pin, it was just so surreal. It was... Um, it was overwhelming, but it was also um, the start of a journey and also the end of a, a journey as well. So you mentioned your uh, interview when you answer that question. How was your interview like? Did you only do one interview? Did you interview for several places? Um, and do you have like any tips for students, uh, healthcare students who are about to qualify and, you know, are applying for those jobs and are going to those interviews? The interview process itself um, was a bit nerve-wracking, just trying to find something to wear in the first place. Um, When I got to the hospital, um, we were all told to sit in the waiting area and they called us um, in time order. Um, I suppose the first thing about an interview is to just be confident in yourself and realise that you've worked hard to get where you are today. And it's important to show um, your knowledge throughout the interview and don't be afraid to... uh, like elaborate on your own personal experiences and your own strengths and sometimes even your own weaknesses that you can bring to the team. It's important to ask questions at the end of your interview because they'll say, is there anything you'd like to ask? And if you don't ask questions, then it just shows that you're not really bothered. If you ask questions and it shows you're enthusiastic and you're willing to find out more about what they can offer you. So a good question is for an interview basis, where where is my career going to progress? What kind of courses are on offer after the first year? Um, what personal development does your team offer to um, make us more confident professionals? Great, great. I think those uh, tips are could be quite helpful. You also mentioned 
being supernumerary for about two weeks, you say. Uh, how did that period help you kind of find your feet? Um, yeah, what benefits did you gain from working with someone else for about two weeks? So the supernumerary period for us was about two to three weeks where we would be shadowed by another qualified nurse, um, preferably someone that was in the trust a long time. However, I know that uh, the supernumerary period for yourselves as paramedics is quite a lot longer, but my experience with supernumerary kind of gave me a chance to focus on my own learning. Um, it allowed me to work with different members of the team because they'd allocate you to someone else in a different area each day. It also took the pressure off because there's then two nurses to five patients rather than one nurse to five patients. So this process of supernumerary um, gave me support for when I was going to be on my own. However, I feel like a lot longer supernumerary period would have been more beneficial. Cool, perfect. Uh, thank you for those answers. Um, my next question relates to the challenges that you faced uh, being a newly qualified nurse. What have been the biggest challenges and what have you had to do to overcome them? One of the biggest challenges that I faced um, once I qualified was actually um, my patients and the acuity of them in A&E, uh, giving everyone different medications. You've got five patients at one time and you can have anything from ranging from a cardiac arrest to a PR bleed to um, someone with septic shock, anything. Um, and each of these patients require different medications, different routes, different dosage, um, different allergies and everything. So I feel like that was one of the biggest difficulties. Um, and even just spending the time researching on Medusa, different ways to give these medications. Also another challenge is escalating concerns within the A&E department. Uh, it's very difficult to escalate concerns as a newly qualified because sometimes you might overreact um, because people have been there so many years and so much more experience whereas you've just started and you've just received your pin you don't want to lose it already. Another challenge would be uh, dealing with complex patients such as safeguarding concerns for children that are not even in the department, um, dealing with the police on a daily basis, dealing with social workers, um, different referrals for the communities. It was also a challenge just to kind of process all of these uh, referrals and try and do the right for your patient. Um, another challenge is the movement of patients within A&E um, so on average you probably get about 300 patients through the door on each day and if you've got five patients you're dealing with one patient and you go back to patient one and now they're changed they've moved and you've got a new patient so I feel like patient movement around the A&E department is a struggle and a challenge on a daily basis. Right so what did you do to become more comfortable or and to deal with these challenges? So all of these challenges were difficult to deal with. Um, various challenges had different outcomes. But one of the things that I found most productive for myself um, in dealing with these challenges is was reflective writing. Um, when I came home from a difficult day or a difficult scenario where things didn't go to plan, I found just writing it out and having that to go back to... Um, I also found speaking with others um, and speaking with family was good. Um, sometimes others who had been in that situation but might have not been in it for the last year and who are now a yearly qualified, it's good to speak to people who the situation is still fresh in their minds but they're a little bit more confident in their job role. Right, so the next question is what have been the most positive aspects of transitioning into practice? 
So some of the most positive aspects um, from coming from a student to a qualified um, professional is you actually get paid for what you do. Um, every hour that you are in the hospital, you are getting paid for. Um, the job itself was also very satisfying. Um, I love my job uh, more than I ever have. Um, it's that feeling of accomplishment and the independence that you've earned over the last three years. Um, and learning, like you learn so much every day in healthcare, you are never done learning. Um, also, um, no more essays, no more studying, no more tutor meetings and all of the rest that comes with that. It's just great. Another positive is that feeling of that you're not tied down anywhere. You're not, no one's making you stay in that certain place. Um, while you're in uni, you have to stay there for three years. But once you qualify and you get your pin, the world's your oyster. You can go to Australia, you can go to Dubai, you can go to London, you can go to Essex. You can kind of work anywhere and in any area that you feel like. Um, you also have the opportunities to go on and study postgraduate um, or do uh, after qualification courses and things. Right, so my last question that I want to ask you is what five tips would you give a final year student who's about to qualify and become a clinician? So the first tip I would give to a final year student, um, especially now that you're going to be going out on your last placements, um, would be to treat your last placement like you are already registered. Um, be confident in your decisions, ask the questions, and just for yourself, just to keep in your own mind, treat these patients like they are really your patients and not your mentor's patients. Um, take initiative and just be confident in everything that you're doing. Um, a good tip would be to ask your mentor, um, show them that you're enthusiastic about taking these patients um, on. Ask them if they could shadow you rather than you shadowing them. Um, and then obviously to step in if you are missing out on anything. But be able to take that confidence and use it for when you do qualify. The next tip I would give to student paramedics going out on their placements um, would be to go back on your pharmacology that you're advised in second year. Um, when you visit a patient, um, I feel like it would be very beneficial to take note of those patients and their past medical history and research on those when you do go home. Um, it's also very important to take note of their medication, not only in your own clinical notes, but just for yourself so you can research them. It's very important to be aware of what these medications can do and the adverse effects that it can have, especially for patients who have low blood pressures or cardiac um, problems or even overdose patients um, it's very important that you're aware of how those um, medications have an effect on their clinical presentation. Some useful resources that will help you um, combat this is uh, Talkspace for overdose patients. It's also BNF to research your medications from your patients. And Medusa is also a very good one that we use in hospital and you can get it on Google as well. And it tells you all the dosage and how to give the medication and what you should be looking out for when you do give this medication, such as adrenalines and amylidipines and all those things that you will use in an emergency situation. So the next tip um, would be managing your money adequately and efficiently. You go from being a student uh, on student finance uh, to receiving a full wage, but it's very important to also realise that now you have to pay your rent and your bills and, um, and now that you're working you can also put some money aside to save 
Um, also, your rent will go up when you finish university as you're not a student anymore. You'll be paying council tax. Um, you're more than likely not going to be living in student accommodation with multiple occupancies. So overall, just be cautious with that monthly salary that you get. And also, I'm very aware that um, paramedics sometimes get a golden handshake. Um, one of my friends got this and looking back on her situation now, she wished she should have saved more of this rather than spending it all in the first two months of work. So the next tip I have would be to just make time for yourself. Um, when you do start as a qualified uh, clinician, your stress levels will be high in these first few months of learning. So just be able to speak up and take some time off and use your annual leave um, that you're allocated uh, to make some time for yourself and allow yourself to develop into the role that you've worked for. So sometimes it is good to reflect on your day's work, but it's also very important to leave that work in work and realise that you've done your best while at work. Sometimes it is very hard to like, bring yourself away from certain situations, especially uh, traumatic and sad situations, but it is very important to realise that you were the person there at the time and you did your best and you got that patient the best care that they could have received in that moment. So would you say that whenever you come away from work, it's important to try and disconnect as much as possible and, you know, just focus on yourself and try and leave work at work so you can actually, you know, enjoy your time off? Yes, definitely. This is very important. Um, and some people find this very difficult to do, especially at the start of their careers. I found myself sometimes, especially at the start, not so much anymore, I was going home from a shift and dreaming about a shift and then going back onto a shift. I felt like I was never leaving that situation. Um, but as time goes on, you just you learn from experience and realise that you've done your best and not to bring things home and to make time for yourself. Um, the last tip that I would advise anyone who's going to be leaving university and becoming a clinician will be not to be overconfident. Um, it's good to realise that um, people that you may be working with might be in the job for over 20 years. Some of the technicians and HCAs have a lot of experience and it's good to learn from their experience but also know when what you've learned is the right way to do things. Sometimes people can get into routines that they've been doing for years, but it's not until a newly qualified person comes along and says, no, actually, this is how we do it now. Um, but as I said, it's not, it's don't get too overconfident in your job role and just enjoy every day and take it as it comes and learn from your experiences. Great. Well, thank you very much, Rebecca, for coming on the podcast and for being so insightful in everything that you've said and all the information and the tips and hints that you've uh, given for all the people who are going to be listening to the episode. Um, thank you very much for coming and to all those listening, we will see you next week for the last episode of this series. Bye.